Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Uh, welcome to another show of Journeys into Consciousness, Gregory and the White Cloud Group. It's uh, an honour to have you back on. Thank you so very, very much, my dear friend Ian, for um, inviting us and for allowing us to take part in this event. Uh, you're more than welcome. This week I just wanted to uh, cover some questions that people have sent in, but before we do, um, I've just got some questions around just sort of current affairs with the weather at the moment. Yes, of um, course. Because I think people are paying a lot of attention at the moment with what's happening on, on the planet um, with the extreme weather systems. Now, before you mentioned that the, the jet stream um, is probably causing the problems that are happening and scientists are also pointing to think of the jet stream having like this sort of static nature to it where it's getting stuck in certain places. Yes, that's right, yes. Is, is that um, a combination of global warming um, but is there also a combination of the sun as well the only reason why I asked that is because a, a Russian scientist was on the news in the week and he his theory was that um, they, they, I think they're agreeing now that there is climate change and, and global warming which is brilliant because Russia's been quite sceptical up to this point yes yes it has yeah. um, but he was also linking that there might be some issues not issues of the sun but the sun may have effects on the jet stream as well Oh, that is quite true. The point I would argue in that event, however, my dear friend, is in actual fact that the sun at this present time is very limited in its activity. It's not doing what it's supposed to be doing at this time of the year. So it's actually much, uh, it's not, for example, sending out the, the right kind of energy sunspots, even though there was a great uh, uh, amount of flurry of activity not so long ago, that appears to have been decapitated at this present time. And there is very little going on, really, in the way of uh, how it was that there was supposed to be in, uh, a great deal of material, radiation and, and other material, coming from the sun directed fully at the Earth this seems to have dematerialized in a sense so that we are aware in essence of this that the current activity of the climate is more to do with the i i, I would have to say that it, it it looks to be from our side of life that the jet stream is actually stuck in a particular mode and that is purely and simply because the pressures each side of it are not having are, are having a contiguous effect. They're not having the kind of dipping effect that ordinarily would be moving the jet stream from north to south and, and having this varying wave pattern. It hasn't been doing that. It's just been in a, in a completely different uh, circle of events. So what then this means is that um, and how this transpires into the weather patterns is simply that the cloud formations that would normally be moved to a different place, uh, which would then be perhaps uh, 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 bringing different kinds of rainfall uh, at a different time or would be uh, creating variations in 
the saturation of uh, land and the way in which uh, these then create different offsettings from uh, uh, one part of the world to another, for example, then the build-up of monsoon rains in this respect of the Bangladeshi uh, uh, Pakistan uh, uh, region and of around the Himalayas, in essence, would normally be at this time of the year. The point, the problem of this is the sheer amount, the sheer size of it is something which is unprecedented. That is the difference. So it's not as though they're not used to monsoon rain, they are. But the problem is just the sheer volume of water. And this is simply because the jet stream hasn't created the right variance that has been typical over the last hundred years. So what you are seeing is a completely different variant that has not previously been uh, uh, understood or actually even uh, witnessed. So that means to say that what you're moving into now is a completely different cycle. That is why it is that uh, the, in Russia there is, a, a, I believe, a, a above average abundant temperatures, which then mean that uh, the, there is a, a complete uh, change, turnaround from the, the way that saturation should have been there uh, to uh, that they should have had a certain amount of rainfall, when in actual fact they've had nothing. And then, because it all sank south. And that's simply uh, the, the reason for it. The, this then means it's to do with atmospheric pressures, but also is to do with the Gulf Stream too. You've got to remember that the Gulf Stream actually has quite a, a large uh, uh, contiguous um, um, part to play in how the jet stream then varies from month to month as it cuts across its path. I know that the Gulf Stream is, after all, in the oceans, but the point is, is the amount of moisture rising from the sea uh, as uh, in, in, in the way in which the take-up then becomes completely different. So you are seeing that you are having these tight banded uh, circles of cloud formation bringing up uh, large amounts of volumes of water from the sea which are then uh, forming deeper and ever deeper clouds as the pressure drops and the uh, pressures each side of the low pressure points are seeming to become uh, uh, completely uh, not what they should be. And you'll have similar situations as well uh, uh, in the Pacific Basin area because the circular motion of that whole area of the Pacific Rim, uh, there are many different further situations where there are different cycles um, continuing to appear. And it seems to be that these cycles are then creating even further uh, more adverse weather patterns, which is part of the typical reason why it is that uh, Australia and New Zealand suffer incidentally from these kinds of situations. And of course it's with Australia it's that you have adverse weather patterns, one to the north of the Pacific and one to the south because of the uh, Antarctic uh, weather pattern and the whole uh, different streams that are part of that enveloping, uh, creating and changing 
weather phenomena. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the update on that. Um, just want to get another update on something else if you know the answer to it. Um, someone wrote in asking about this and I followed it up and there's quite a lot of media um, coverage on it and that's to do with um, seals that have been found mutilated, um, washed up on the Norfolk coast I believe um, and they've sort of got horrendous kind of laceration injuries, almost like a spiral going around their body. Um, it looks as if they've been sort of drug, dragged through some kind of engine, but you know it seems a bit mysterious, and no one knows what's caused it. So I just wonder if if you could look into it, or whether you know the answer to that. Yes, actually, my dear friend, uh, the the situation is quite possibly uh, that it would be a propeller. Uh, injuries and that kind of situation. I understand that that was a part of uh, what was inferred from this, but that uh, most certainly it, it certainly is something that we would uh, carefully look into. I'm just saying that the first uh, situation that I can see, which in being obvious to this, is really to do with uh, propeller activity, ship activity, uh, particularly with different kinds of activities to do with not just uh, uh, merchant uh, sea vessels, but also to do with military sea vessels as well. Mm. So possibly they would be um, a bit unknown to the, the police investigators that are looking into it. I imagine they probably classified craft under there. Yes, quite so. That's my point, really. Although, of course, the North Sea, uh, being that it is so shallow, it's not really uh, 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 doesn't have that much in respect of uh, ability to be useful to a navy vessel which is not on the surface. However, I I understand that uh, that is something which is more to do with the Atlantic than than the North Sea. Uh, yes, but I understand also, however, that uh, you do make a good point, my dear friend, that uh, it is certainly something that we will look uh, very closely into. Okay, yeah. oh, thank you very much. Um, and the, the other thing, just the last thing as well, the, um, just picking through a lot of stories about lots of dead fish um, sort of um, coming up on beaches all over the world actually like I think down in Bolivia there was over a million, a million fish washed up um, alligators, turtles, dolphins um, yes. all over the world there's reports of just fish being you know swept onto beaches and stuff like that and I just wondered yes. is that to do with the weather is that to do with the, the, the bio system in, in the oceans breaking down you know yes oftentimes, my dear friend much of this is actually to do with human activity on land and uh, the agrochemicals which are being washed into the oceans, brought down by the rivers and streams, these are gradually having effects. And these situations of mass chemicalization, in a sense, it's a bit like the, uh, the mass chemicalization that is currently off the coast of Island, uh, which is uh, where the continental shelf ends, I understand, 
and just below the continental shelf is the beginning of this uh, mass of detritus, which I understand is also uh, very chemically active. And such same conditions uh, apply to many other countries. So you are seeing similar situations whereby the detritus, the, the particularly to do with agrochemicals and that kind of thing, which is being washed down by, by the rivers from farmland and everything else that is being used uh, uh, unwittingly perhaps on the land itself, the, these are then obviously going to have an effect at some point. Ordinarily, I would have said that in in many respects, the oceans can take up, uh, can soak up a great deal of this, and gradually, over a period of time, organically, it would naturally break down and naturally would be uh, dealt with in a in an organic way. However, even in that respect, it means to say that you are still going to have some beings which who succumb to the uh, anagoras uh, uh, chemical change and the uh, effects of, of such clouds and, and such uh, situations does not mean to say that just because it's in the sea that it's all going to dissipate and and so will be diluted simply by the wave action of the of the seas themselves it, it actually doesn't paint like that because for some uh, kinds of chemicals the conditions are that they are still uh, as it were sewn together glued together so their molecules are not that separated and even in some uh, chemicals the even if they are in small doses to a being that had never encountered that kind of chemical before it could actually be fatal of course, and that's why you are finding all different kinds of beings being washed up with all over the world. Okay, please bear with us a second. We're just going to interject another question regarding the economy. It's got a slightly different sound to the rest of the show because it was recorded at a slightly different time. Regarding the economic situation, Gregory, are you able to tell us if the economic situation has been engineered by the powers that be? No, 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 that's greed. So is that just collapsing under its own weight, a bit like the Roman Empire? Yes, yes, purely and simply because too many criminals got into seats of power. Maybe that's one good thing that might come out of it. Yes, but the problem is it's not fixed. No, no. They keep creating new bubbles, don't they? Yes, yes, and, and it's still growing, you see? So they're still back uh, doing exactly the same thing that was happening before. Nothing, no one has learned anything. So the way I see it is that, unfortunately, people like us in the West, we're, like, we're almost um, implicit in what they're doing because we're like the consumers and the people spending all the money consuming all the resources while they go yes. in and tear down all the uh, Middle Eastern countries and everyone lives yes, in yes. squalor and, that's right. and they, we're, they're using our taxpayers money and so like we're, right. to do it yes no, yes, we don't even realise it do we no that's quite right my dear friend the part of the problem really dear friend Ian is, is simply because of the fact that as human beings you don't actually pay the real price of stuff. What you pay is a fraction of what the price of stuff really is. So you understand that when you buy a plastic, a cute plastic toy. That's me, I'm just taking this off. Yep. 
when you buy a cute plastic toy, what's actually taking place is that, uh, let's say that you buy it for under a pound, cute plastic toy, and yet the actual substance that it took to manufacture, to actually present the plastic, to then be able to be manufactured into a shape to provide a toy, was probably, just for that one product, something in the region of a hundred pounds. Hmm. But you only pay one pound. Because all of the rest of it is having a knock, is within the knock-on effect of when it began. So it's exponential. So what that means is that the actual full cost of what you pay for that toy will, will not come back to you for another 20 years. And then in 20 years, you will have, you will be presented with the full cost, do you see? So in other words, that means to say that the power that it took to engineer and construct and to withdraw the liquid out of the center of the earth in order to make the toy in the first instance is going to be something which you won't pay for until 20 years time. Mm. And then it will be that you will actually pay the full hundred pounds. So that is part of the reason why it is that the state of energy that you use now is but a, a fraction of what its total cost is. And that in 20 years time, you will actually be paying something like uh, 20 pounds per therm rather than one pound, you right. see? Mm. Because there will come a point where the cost, true cost, can no longer be hidden because as you begin to run out of raw materials to keep the status quo of creating more and more out of less and less, you actually find that there is no more, more and more. Right. That you actually have to create less because the materials, the raw fabric has actually run out. You've expended it. Is that where the house of cards collapses, is it? Yes. Yes, that's actually the way it works. That's what the money system is, isn't it? It's, it's yes, yes, that, that's quite right. It's basically a debt system, isn't it? Where yes, they... but it became a debt system. You see, it didn't used to. When In my day, my dear Fed, and before my physical life, uh, uh, in the 15th and 14th centuries, much of the wealth of peoples was actually to do with the barter system, to do with that you would exchange one goods for another. That's right, yeah, I understand that, yeah. And then it wasn't until people began hoarding so much. Of course, yes, the Egyptians began it. Yeah, and the, and the Templars, didn't they, the Knights Templar? Yes, 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 but, but before the Knights Templar situation, the Egyptians were hoarding great mounds of uh, 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 produce that they uh, created in times of great wealth, in times of when there were good harvests and all of that, they would store all of the grain and, and everything, just like in the story of Moses, yes? Yeah? And in those times, they were of abundance, they were taught by Moses, in fact, to how to actually store everything so that it would then be, be able to be delivered in times of famine. Simply then what happened was all of this was taken on board by those 
who actually understood that this was then going to be a commodity that could be moved globally. Okay, um, just moving on to a different subject now, sort of moving more into the kind of spirit world um, uh, topics. Now, someone's uh, wrote in and they've asked, do spirit beings still have their ego when they cross over, or is it something that they only have in the physical life? Well, my dear friend, if it were that, first of all, we have to understand what part of ego we're talking about. We are talking about ego as in uh, I feel very proud of this, of what I have achieved or of who I am. So that would mean to say that's in essence a part of the being's character. It is also of what they have become. So may well become something which immediately they come to our side of life, they actually dispense with. I'm not saying this is a blanket term for everyone. Some individuals, once they have come to our side of life, they actually retain much of the quality that they had of their natural speak, their, their naturality, the way they behaved, the way their morality code was even. It's not something that they're automatically going to readdress and change. So, for example, you would have a person then what if they were intensively racist or something like that? Or that they were very aggravating or whatever. They had a certain personality that was uh, perhaps very charming on the surface, but that uh, they had an undercurrent that was very difficult to pin down. That's part of a character trait then, but also can be determined as, in essence, like a part of ego. And sometimes, sometimes in the spirit world, the, the consciousness, remembering, and what you do with your life when you are in physical is still there as part of your enjoyment, if you like, of being in the spirit world. That doesn't mean to say that your spirit is any less beautiful or any less abundant. All it means is that those traits that were perhaps negative in your physical life are not necessarily all dispensed with immediately because some of them have a bearing upon your morality, upon the character that you are or what you became, isn't not necessarily all wiped out. It couldn't be. Otherwise, mother, father, sister, brother, friend, husband, twice removed, whatever, are going to still have their faculties, are going to still have their loving energy, their essences, the things they cried about, the emotional field journey that they took when in physical life. They are still going to have the different kinds of nuances in their current speak, in the way that they think. But that it will be changed and altered perhaps because of their perceptions anew as coming to the spirit world and seeing that actually much of it they don't need to drag around with them. They don't need to hold on to. That doesn't mean to say it's all shed immediately, but that oftentimes what will happen is that people will have memories and joyful ones, even if they are wrong ones, even if in the eyes of others, in the judgment of others, that they seem or deem them to be unnecessary. That is a metaphor of being who beholds them, is it not? 
And so that means to say that this continues then to be a part of their motive, a part of their corseleb, a part of their reason for being, until they grow into some other state of being, until they understand that actually they can shed those, they can let them go. They don't have to carry them around and then they're not going to be in default of themselves or they're not going to lose anything of their personality. They will learn to, in fact, that their personality is still intact and still abundantly clear. It's just that they don't have to carry all of the fabric of what it was that made them the being that they were. They may lessen their anger then. They may lessen, perhaps, not their bright things that they thought of or saw or imagined. Not the beautiful things that they spoke or situations that they created on the path of others. But what will simply lessen will be the abrasiveness, perhaps, with which they address themselves. So therefore, you could say that they have lessened their ego in that respect. Ego is such a funny word, really, because it, it has connotations of the physical stuff of Earth, but it also has connotations because ego is part of instinctive behavior. And part of the necessity that enables human physical life and all animals, in fact, to have understanding, I need this. Otherwise, you would not be looking for, searching for food. Animals would not see the right to and take whatever food they feel is necessary for themselves, regardless of the consequences of those actions. They don't actually think about that. And that is a different kind of instinctive ego, which enable, enables the driving force and energy persona to actually create living life tissue and the balance and semblance of what their kind of harmony represents. That means to say that an animal with going through uh, this kind of ego is not willful in its intention. It's just wanting food. Quite different from the human culpability, which is, I want more than what I need. That is ego. Well, thank you for that. Um, this is kind of a, a, a complex question, I think. I don't know <laughs> quite how to to describe it. Um, you want to okay. take in little bits? Okay. okay. What, what it is, it's obviously on the Earth plane, uh, people can mess around and create new beings through genetics. So they, they might want to, they might mix a pig with a horse or whatever. I'm not saying they should, they should do that, but, you know, they're, people mix genetics to create new species right so obviously in a genetic sense that's what humans could do you know morally that's wrong but that's what they could do on the earth plane to create a new species but what yes. I was wondering do uh, before everything evolved into you know into the universe and we became what we are did spirit on the spirit side of life create the blueprints for say a human with two legs or whatever or different insects do, do spirit get involved in trying to create new species and then try and manifest them into physical reality or does it all happen from this side of life just through genetics 
That's a very interesting point. A very, very interesting point. The manifestation of spirit, in essence, is different. What you have in one sense of abundance is that spirit manifests in many different ways. Your spirit energy manifests in many different ways. Before you were physical human, and even now you are physical human, doesn't mean to say your spirit is physical human. That's your physical journey. That's not your spirit journey. Your spirit is still spirit in the spirit world. It's not in the physical life. It is the association that your spirit has with this physical journey. Now, before and previously, we have talked about perhaps beings coming from the spirit's world who identify with the soul group of horse. The situation here is that it's spirit manifesting and purely and simply because the matter of physical mutation of what has become horse is actually repeated throughout many different universes. And so there have been situations where the same or similar mutations have happened with the same or similar beings creating in that event. And that spirit, during the mass of, of constant creation that the universe and that the creator of all life amasses, in respect of as spirit moves away from the divine presence, it moves away at a constant rate. Does not mean to say that like everything in the physical side of life, it declines, it becomes less, but that it is in a constant state, rejuvenating its own energy. That in the same respect is when spirit of horse moves into that area, it means that spirit of horse will be for millions and millions of, of ancient state, spirit of horse. And spirit of horse in the manifestation and at times when horse actually becomes physical on many different planets, in many different systems, in many different aspects of interstellar space and reality of whatever dimension that happens to take place in, there will become beings which are like creatures to do with the spirit of horse and have that kind of uh, containment, have that kind of essence of journey. And yes, there will be fluctuations of it, which is why it is that there is more than one soul group of horse. So there will be fluctuations and there will be different temperaments. There will be different situations whereby spirit attracting to this beautiful soul group energy of horse that they all amass are of a similar vibration and yet can be so totally different. So that means to say that as all of these different spirit manifestations are attracted to the condition of when horse in the physical sense mate 
and then attract new spirit to their journey, that doesn't mean to say new spirit as, oh, it's a young spirit. It's not. It's ancient. But what it means is that spirit at that time who wish to attain a physical vibration and understanding and ethnicity of what it feels like to be physical, have a physical life and experience where their spirit is still in the spirit world, still in the soul group of horse, but enabling that physical life to become manifest. In the matter of human beings, yes, there have been other situations where other beings similar to human state, similar to the physical variances, maybe to do with other beings of other species of other planets and other in other dimensions or in other states of reality have also an affiliation with humankind. There are others who also have an affiliation with humankind, but are not necessarily of the same brevity, not necessarily of the same condition. Maybe have other genders, other trysts, other situations, because they come from other soul groups, but yet still identify with the condition of physical reality, which has only become, after all, a part of the Earth's physical fabric over the last five million years. And before that time, there was no human condition. But, and yet, there were still beings in the spirit world who were visiting the physical earth and who were of the same conditions and the same branches of masses of soul groups that we all knew in respect that were going to become manifest in the physical side of life. And it was only a matter of the mutation and the development and the change in dynamics of the physical earth that allowed it to happen. So that means to say that when you are looking at the spirit world and the mass of it, that there are thousands upon thousands of millions and millions of different soul groups who have different registry, some are associated with human beings or some such like as. There's not a great deal of difference between some human beings and dolphins, for example. In some soul groups, there are beings from both, both species who are interest with this kind of fabric because they think very similarly. And that means that their soul energy is actually in a beautified state with one another. That's why it is that some beings, when in physical life, have such moments of ecstasy when in the, the area and vicinity of a dolphin. Or why it is that for some beings of physical fabric of Earth, of human state, that they are actually affiliated so strongly and closely with fairy because their soul energy is actually a part of that group and nothing actually to do with human beings at all. But that their spirit energy, because of its tight association with fairy, simply and purely put, means that they have a completely different and compelling vibration, unlike any others in human physical life. Really very, very special people. Because their vibration is so acute and sensitive 
and tender. That means to say they communicate on a different level, in a different wave band that other human beings simply would not understand. Yes, they'll make a try for it, they'll make a, a blessing for it, and they would say that either that person was barking mad or that there was something uh, uh, untenable to them. Okay. So with with the uh, with the Earth, there's a lot of theories around that this, this duality in this universe. So it's obviously the mixture of the good and the bad. Um, it always just yeah. seems to be a constant battle between the two. Um, can you know? Well, so I suppose can there be a hundred percent bad? Can there be a hundred percent good? Or is it always is is it always safely kind of in the middle, or can one overpower the other? If you know what I mean. One can definitely overpower the other without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. So that means to say, if I just may quantify that a minute, uh, that means to say that you have to remember that thoughts are living things, and so that in that respect when you have the condition of one person, even the purest soul, thinking in terms of love and protection and honesty and all of those good things that you would always aspire to be and to make. And on the other hand, you have some other being who is thinking intensively negative and intensively hostile to everyone else who wins. Some days the negative one wins, some days the positive one wins. And it's like, in, in a sense, what happens on the earth plane and what happens in the spirit world, the universe, don't think of it as being, well, this must be just to do with lower energy, therefore that's lower energy of the astral plane or some other derogatory statement, is actually not the fact of it. Because, as I always say, it's, the universe is not made up of levels as is portrayed. It is a constant revolving and evolving vibration. So that means to say that sometimes beings who are eminently hostile and deeply negative and, and for their own purposes will even create a positive, loving, harmonic veil in order to create that uh, understanding and to contain the power they wish for or that they demand to have. That doesn't mean to say that they are necessarily seen or observed in the so-called lower planes of existence. There are no lower planes of existence. There's no hell, there is no heaven. It doesn't exist except in the minds of human beings. That is a situation whereby people try to understand and retrain the mind into thinking of allotted, allotted places for acts of behavior so that all good people go to heaven, all bad people go to hell. That is, in essence, uh, like trying to partitionalize the spirit world into the same vocabulary, into the same stances and that's instinctive, in a sense, whimsical. It's not factual or evidential. 
So what you have are situations where when you look at the duality of the earth or of the universe in which you live, yes, you will see that because it's of a physical existence, that means that it is party to both. It is party to both the loving, the giving, the creative in emotional stance to be better than and to create a harmony which is in a sense buoyant and enabling to all beings who feel it and create with it. Then you have the other negative situations which are also enhancing to those forces unseen as well. So it doesn't mean to say that just because it's not of the physical world that it doesn't aspire that kind of energy too. So in, in many respects, human beings have to be very careful in essence of how they think and feel in terms of themselves vis-a-vis -vis the rest of the planet, the rest of the universe, or where they think they are in it, you see. So if, if, if a being wanted to have 100% positive experience, um, would that be something that you would do when you when you're still in your your pure beautiful spirit and perhaps do a non-physical experience rather than a physical experience is physical experience about experiencing the both but you don't want it to go too far in the negative direction so or is it should we be aiming to have 100% could we ever have that i mean is that something that's doable Yes, I, I, I understand what you're saying, my dear friend, and, and I, I totally agree with you that in the spirit world, that is the place of absolute purity. That is where you will experience the definitive love. Uh, and in, in essence of it, friend, that's exactly how it is and why it is that we uh, uh, try to encourage people to create with the Sisi meditation an, an ability to extend themselves to their loving spirit because that in essence is a, a, a physical being's ability then to understand what that true love is and how that may then relate to other people or be related to other people on your side of life would then empower them to look at love in a different way too. That doesn't mean to say that it would always mean then that any other kind of physical love that they entertained on the physical side of life was then going to be inferior to it. it it's a different kind of situation. And yes, you're quite right, my dear friend, in respect of, of loving awareness or, or emerging emotional journeys, you are not trying to look for negativity. You are not trying to look for above beautiful harmony. You are trying to create balance. And in your physical life, that is what human beings should really be trying to create, is in balance and harmony. The problem comes when one human being wants to jump on the shoulders or on the back of someone else and have take advantage of that position, take advantage of their situation, their condition with using power, with using language, with using the structures with which they can then uh, com command control over other human beings. That, in effect, is actually the problem that human beings have. 
that they have found abilities to control far beyond their means. It's like if you had, for example, a pride of lions, the main lions which actually control the pride itself are females. So that tells you something to begin with, doesn't it? But it also means to say that actually what's happening there is that the general peace of the situation is contained by two or three females in the entire pride of about 30. And that the whole condition will be just signified by that. And it means to say that the males will skirt peripherally around the, the group itself and will only interchange when allowed to do so. Will only interact with the females when allowed to do so. And even the male who is dominant in the group is still only dominant because the females allow it. So that power and existence is only taken to a certain extent. And then the, the power is taken back as soon as either the male is defeated by another male who has become more powerful or simply because the situation has become too dangerous for all of the siblings. I understand, of course, that in the whole situation and condition of it, sometimes the male will actually eat the cubs of another male, simply because their genetics then overrides it, not incidentally to be equated with Chinese people who eat their own children. That is a different condition altogether, and not the same instinctive variant that we're seeing here with lions. So this really means that when you are looking at the emerging uh, ecology of the mind, the physical condition, and of spirit, we are seeing that, in general, what your spirit really wants you to do is to find the best path home, is to find the best way of you accessing your beautiful, pure spirit, because your beautiful spirit just really wants you to communicate. When, when you say home, do you, is that like a journey that can take a long time, or is that just when you finished your journey in this life and then you go back to spirit or do you mean yes. it's like yeah yes no i mean just that just just going home is exactly the same my dear fendi in that you can do at any time when you are in meditation you can go home you can make a visit to your soul group of intention that means be back in the arms of all of those who love you intensively and beautifully in exactly the same way that you should learn to love yourself that doesn't mean to say with ego, but it means to say with surety. So the reason for that is that if all beings in physical earth understood that all they need to do is to really understand what love truly means and not be compromised by it, not to take uh, and, and allow other people to usurp their energy or have power over them or any of that because all of those are aberrations of what the truth is. They're just beings being selfish or being animalistic or being dominant when they actually don't need to be. So what you need to do and understand is that the essence of it is not to become like as though you have to have many millions of or thousands of repeated experiences of something in order to become defined or in order to become understanding of what that is.
You can see it all around you. You can see when you uh, uh, understand a, 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 an, an animal in distress. You can understand how that you may bring it comfort, even if you're not a vet or even if you're not knowledgeable of that anim animal, you would be able to bring it healing. Obviously, if it's got a broken leg or something, then you would take it to a vet. But otherwise, you would give it a lot of loving attention, and perhaps lovingly, you would nurture it back into full health. The whole point of how you as a physical being can make changes is really to do with your attitude, not apathy. And that means that it's oftentimes so difficult for human beings to bring that about because it requires action. Um, well, I think um, we've, we've covered quite a lot there. We're on the hour now. So um, just say thank you again, Gregory. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll fit some more questions in, in next time. So um, I'm sorry if anybody missed out there. But do keep writing in with your questions. So thank you again, Gregory and the White Cloud Group. It's always an honour, and um, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Thank you so very much, my dear friends. Thank you so with love and light and blessings, everyone. God bless upon your journeys. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show, or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.